I was reading, I think in my daily reading this morning, I was nervous. I don't remember nothing that was going on this morning. But it was in Numbers chapter number 27, and I'm going to go there quickly. You don't have to go there. You don't have to stand right now. Um, But she talked about, while I'm flipping pages and trying to find it, uh, she talked about Hezekiah and how he wasn't concerned about the generations coming after him. He just said, you know, well, as long as it, you know, doesn't go crazy while I'm here, I'm good. As long as I'm in peace, I'm good. And the Lord drew my attention to Numbers chapter number 27 in verse number 18, actually number 17. It says, oh, actually, verse number 15. Let's start in verse 15. Sorry. Um, It says, and Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep, which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thine hand upon him. And he set up before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him charge in their sight. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. So, In contrast to Hezekiah, who was not concerned about what would happen after him, Moses, we find on his face crying before God, saying, God, the people cannot be sheepless when I go. Because for Moses, it wasn't about Moses. It was about the people of God. It was about the people being safe. It was about the kingdom of God. And we have a man of God who has set up a Joshua team and has given us some of his honor, just a little bit of his honor, and has laid his hands upon a few of us because he does not want us to go without he does not want us to go without the word of God and be sheep without shepherds we ought to be thankful for what God has placed in our midst we ought to be thankful for how the kingdom of God is advancing it is advancing because we have a man who cares more about the kingdom than himself and his own reputation And I'm thankful for the man of God, amen, that he has placed over us. That's not what I came to preach on. So let's go, as you're standing, to Matthew. I'm trying to save my voice just a little bit. This is going to go out like halfway through this. Matthew. Chapter number nine, verse 
Starting in verse number 34, we're going to go down through 38. It says, but the Pharisee said, he casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. And Jesus went about all the cities. I was about to say circuses. He did not go about the circuses. I don't know why I was about to say that. All the cities and villages teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad and sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Bishop, would you pray over the word? In the name of Jesus, Lord, we can feel your presence already manifest just through the reading of the word. Your anointing is up on your man's servant. I'm asking God once again that your word go forth with power, with liberty, with demonstration and manifestation. I'm asking God that it fall on good ground. God, I bind and I come against any distractions. I'm asking God on your command, allow your angels to minister in this place today. We give you the glory ahead of time, God, for the word that's coming forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise on your way to your seat? Um, this is probably one of the most stressful messages that I've had to put together. This isn't the first time I've said that either. So they just keep getting more and more stressful. It doesn't get easier. Um, I uh, struggled with this for the last two weeks, um, the Lord put verses on my heart and did not tell me what to do with them. So I had the verses and I had no clue what to do. And it wasn't clear to me. And I have been working with the military this week. And so I didn't really have time to study, but I said, you know what? Saturday, I'm going to have all the time in the world to sit down and study. And then Saturday came and I just found whatever I could possibly do to distract myself, um, and things were getting thrown my direction, and it was late Saturday night. I was like, God, you're going to have to tell me something, and he finally began to speak, but it wasn't until this morning that I really started to understand early this morning when I woke up what God was trying to say. In this passage of scripture, I started out with verse number 34 because Jesus had been going around doing miracles and signs and wonders, and the Pharisees were opposing what Jesus was doing. There was opposition to what was going on in the ministry of Jesus. People were beginning to lie and say that he is operating under the devil, they began to talk about him, and they began to try to oppose him. 
And Jesus' answer to opposition was not to give in. Jesus' answer to opposition was not to throw in the towel, to say, I guess you guys are right, to try to even reason with them. His answer to the opposition was to continue to preach. He preached and he taught and he went into the synagogue and he healed. He went into, according to verse number 35, it says he went into their synagogues. He went into their territories. He went right where they were. He was not going to back up. He did it right in the Pharisee's face. He did it in the face of the enemy. And I know the enemy has been coming against some of us, and he has been attacking some of us, but I came to tell you God is about to do some things in the face of your enemy. It's not going to be private. It's not going to be hot behind closed doors. It's not going to be where nobody can see it. It's not going to be something that happens and nobody knows about it. Everybody's going to know about it. Your enemies are going to see what God does in your life. You may be seated. I told you I'm trying to save my voice. Don't get me excited. <laughs> he did it in their face, and he was going around, and he starts looking at the people, the masses, and he saw that they were sheep without shepherds. They were scattered. Bible says he, they, he had compassion on them. That word compassion means he was moved. There was a feeling in his inward part. And when I was studying for this message, you know, things were going through my mind, and this was why it was so complicated in, in my mind. And I'm learning, as Pastor Ruth Jackson said, to trust God. Because I said, God, this is revival. There's an expectation. The people are coming, and they're looking for a word, and I'm looking for something that's going to blow the roof off, and I'm looking for something that's deep revelation that no one's ever heard before, and you're pointing me back and talking, you're telling me you're going to talk about the regions, and you're going to talk about the things God is doing. I said, God, they've already heard about the regions. They're probably tired of hearing about the regions. And you know what? God rebuked me, and he said, they're not tired of hearing about the regions. The devil is tired of hearing about the regions. And so if I'm not preaching to nobody right now, I'm preaching to the devil, and I'm going to let the devil know that you're going to hear about the regions, and we're going to preach about the regions, and we're going to teach about the regions, and then we're going to take the regions, and there's nothing that you can do to stop it. And so as I'm praying and I'm saying, God, this doesn't sound like a revival message. And, and God says to me, he said, if, if, and I don't know if we're going to jump and shout. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. But if we don't, the one thing I want us to have today is a revival 
of compassion. Before we have a jump shout revival today, we need to have a revival of compassion. I was laying on my face before God this morning and saying, God, revive compassion in me for the people who are out there who don't know you, who don't know you to the saving of their soul, who don't have a relationship with you, who have never been baptized in your name or filled with your spirit. I want to have a compassion passionate uh, attitude towards them. It said that he was moved with compassion. This is an action. It's not just a feeling. We can have feelings of sadness, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about, talking about a compunction, something that causes you to move, something that causes you to do something. When you're in the grocery store, we ought to be able to look at somebody and God say they need a word and not be nervous, but be moved with compassion upon them and let that compassion overcome our nerves. Listen, we might be rejected. They might not want what we have. But if I'm moved with compassion, I'm not going to be worried about rejection. I'm not going to be worried about what they might say or what they might think of me. But I'm moved with compassion for them because I know that they need something that I have. Jesus was moved with compassion. It caused him to get up from where he was and go. Even when people were talking about him, even where people were lying about him, it caused him to move. It caused him to go on the cross. When they were beating him and whipping him and spitting upon him, it was his compassion that caused him to take up that cross and walk to Calvary and be able to withstand the pain. That's what caused him to go. It was you and me, and we've got to have the compassion that he had. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care what they say on the job. I don't care what they say about me. They can say all they want. I don't care that if I come in the lunchroom, people walk the other way. I don't care that if I go to work, people don't want to be around me. I've got compassion for the lost. I've got compassion. Oh, that compassion would fall on God's people. Oh, that compassion will fill our hearts for the lost. Oh, that we would reach out for those who are lost. Oh, that we would speak to them. Oh, that we would not just pass them by. Oh, that we would not be too busy to stop and say, what do you need? Do you need something from the Father? I know a provider. I know a way maker. I know a deliverer. He can help you. And I believe God has a people here that are willing, that are hungry for revival. 
that are hungry, not just for a jump and a shout. And believe me, I know, I, y'all know I love a jump and a shout. I love to praise God, but it's not just about a jump and a shout. There is a dying world. So when we're done in here, we've got to go back out there and we've got to bring the strength that we get in here. We've got to bring the word that we get in here out there. There's so much word going forth from this pulpit. It would be a shame just to keep it here. There's so much anointing going on in this church. It would be a shame to keep it within these walls. There's so much healing going on at this church. It would be a shame if it only happened here. be seated but I believe it I believe it I believe it I believe people are going to be prayed through on your job I believe it I'm waiting for the day when I'm getting phone calls Pastor Brent, are you at the church? We got somebody that wants to be baptized I believe it's going to happen I believe it So he said, in verse number 37, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He turned their attention to the harvest. It's overflowing. It's plenteous. And... The laborers are few. So he said in verse number 38, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. We can't be Lord of the harvest. He's Lord of the harvest. So we can't trick them in here. There's not a program we can put up. There's not something that we can do to get folks in here. He's the Lord of the harvest. And that's why God is working in this church, because we're letting him be Lord of his harvest. Now, I've, I've been a part of that stuff done all kinds of programs in other churches when I was there. And I know some of them, they have a well-meaning heart, but they've got to read the word of God. If we would just let God be God and let God do what he wants to do, he can do everything that we can't do. He can go places that we can't go. He can reach people our block parties can't reach. He can reach people that our iPad giveaways can't reach. He can give people dreams. He can give people visions. He can send angels because that's who he is. He's Lord of the harvest. 
And so him being Lord of the harvest, he said, pray, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers. He's talking to his disciples. And then after he tells them pray for laborers, I want you to notice what he did in chapter number 10. It says, and when he had called unto his 12 disciples, he gave them power against the unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He told them pray for workers and then he pulled them aside and he gave them power. We're sitting here praying for revival, and we ought to pray for revival, but God wants to use us. He wants to get us to the point that we realize that what we're praying for is that we are the answer to that which we are praying for. God is going to empower you. He's going to empower you. So when we're praying, we've got to know what we're praying for. When we're singing songs and saying, God, send revival. Send it, Lord. Send the rain. God is looking back at us and saying, are you ready? Are you ready to be used? Do you believe me? Do you believe my word? Do you believe that your hands can be used? Do you believe that your feet will be used? said my mind and bishop if I say anything because I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone here if I say anything that's out of order you can correct me I was praying last night and Lord started talking to me about him wanting to use the people of God and let's go to verse number in chapter 10 he sends them out he lists them, but the, the writer, Matthew, lists them all out by name, and I'm not going to read that like Sister Melanie. Uh, not because I can't pronounce the names because I don't want to. Uh, it was 12 of them. Um, and uh, so in verse number, let's go down to verse number 10. Actually, before we do that, let's go to verse number five. It says, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, go not into the way of the Gentiles and any, into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. <clears throat> We're going to read where Jesus sends out people to, he's going to send out 70 to other people. But the 12, he just wanted to reserve them for the lost sheep of Israel. And in this revival, I believe God is going to bring back some lost sheep of Israel. I believe God is going to bring back some lost sheep of Israel. And you don't have to worry. God will give you the words to say. This ain't, you don't have to run a debate class with them. 
You don't have to argue with them. But when they're good and ready, the word of God is going to hit you. And you're going to know exactly what to say to them. God's going to give you an opportunity to speak the word to them. God's going to give you an opportunity to speak life into their lives. I don't care if they're your children. I don't care if they're your husband or wife. I don't care if they're your friend. I don't care who they are. But I came to tell you the lost sheep of Israel are coming home. If you believe it, why don't you give the Lord some praise? Praise him like it's your child. Praise him like it's your spouse. Well, I believe there's some believers in the house. Somebody was just called. And if they don't hear it physically, they're called in the spirit. Just for a few moments, let's, let's pray for that individual.
If you believe that God is going to do it for that person, if they will repent, why don't you give the Lord some praise? He's drawing people, saints. If you believe it for your child, if you believe it for your spouse, why don't you lift up your hands and give the Lord some praise? I'm not going to be much longer in your hearing. You may be seated. So he said, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils freely. Ye have received, freely give. And what we receive in here, we ought to be giving out. We know somebody who's hurting. We ought to be saying, we had Sister Kimberly Lyra preach a message for the hurting, for healing. It ministered to me. It ministered to everyone in this room. And there are people out there that need to hear that voice. And we ought not be afraid to say, hey, I, I want you to listen to this. Because I don't know, you don't know what could happen if we just step out on faith. If we know somebody has a need, we ought to be able to talk. People at the workplace will go, you get there on Monday morning, folks are talking about all the crazy stuff they did on the weekend. They're talking about how they went to the club and got so drunk they didn't know where they were and and all that stuff, we ought not be afraid to say, I went to church on Sunday morning and the man of God preached on depression. And if you're depressed, I know where you can come. If you're sick, I know where you can come. If you need something from God, I know where to take you. We can't be afraid, saints. We've got to be out front so that the people can see that there is a God, there is a bomb in Gilead. You may be seated. It says in verse number 10, well, actually, in verse number nine, it says, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass nor purses, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Michael Kors. I don't know anymore. Matter of fact, he was like, don't, don't wear no purses. Y'all are men. Y'all don't need no purses. Anyway, I was, I'm kidding. It says, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And to whatever, whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy. There abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be not worthy, let your peace return to you. 
was funny when I read this, the handmaiden had spoke, the Lord had spoke through the handmaiden to Bishop and said, let your anointing turn back to you. When people have a choice to make, if we speak what the Lord says to speak and do what the Lord says to do, it's not on us. And she said it through the, the, the gifts of the Spirit and the Word of God speaks, the peace comes back. And so everything I believe that you sent to that place, it's coming back here. It's coming. We did not lose anything. And if anything like that happens again, we will not lose anything. God will always provide for his people if we obey. And man of God, God will always provide for this church if you obey his will. He will always provide. And it, it's, it's frustrating to me because the man of God gives out. People don't receive it. And it's their own decision. Jumping ahead of myself, so I don't want to jump ahead of myself too much. I want to finish this. It says in verse 14, whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when ye depart of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. I want to go to verse number 16. It says, behold, I send you forth of sheep as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He says, I send you forth as sheep. I'm sending you. There's power in being sent. There's power in knowing that you are in the will of God and you've been sent by God. And God said, I'm sending you. I remember when I first went into the military and I was, they call it MEPS, and we were going, some of y'all know, we were going through MEPS and uh, I was at the little hotel, the processing station. I don't know what else he said, but it was something. And he, so I was going through it, and um, it was the night before I was supposed to go to basic training, and I was, they put us in a hotel so we could catch the flight in the morning. And um, I had this little app. I was newly saved, so I had this little app that would send me little inspirational uh, Bible verses. It was always something inspirational. It was never like, you know, be separate or anything like that. It was, <laughs> it was always something nice. Uh, but I rolled over and I'm on my way in there to, uh, you know, I think it was right before I went to bed. And uh, I roll over, I look at my phone and it sent me this verse. It said, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless of doves. And I knew from that moment on I was being sent into the Air Force. 
And I was walking in, and there were going to be issues, and there were going to be problems, and there were days I was like, God, why'd you put me here, and why am I here? These people are crazy, and I'm all around these crazy people, and they are, they are like wolves. But God said, I am going to protect you. Like the woman of God said this morning, if he sent you, he is not going to leave you comfortless. comfortless. He's not going to leave you without protection. You might be in the midst of wolves, but he is going to protect you. One more verse, a series of verses, Matthew, or actually Luke chapter number 10. And this is a similar story, but it's with 70. Luke chapter number 10, verse 1. And it says, after these things, the Lord appointed. That word appointed means he showed forth. He presented, he presented 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come, whether he himself would come. We are not just sending people to send people. This isn't a jobs program. We're not just sending people to Florida to send people to Florida. We're not just send, sending people to New Mexico to send people to New Mexico. We're sending people because God is going. If God tells us to send people there, it's because God is going there. I came to speak to Michigan. God is coming. I came to speak to Ethiopia. God is coming. I came to speak to Germany. God is coming. Paraguay, God is coming. And Bishop, this is where if I'm out of line, please let me know. But I don't think it's, an, it's, it's, it's a mistake. The man, we heard that God is not losing any regions. What God gave us, it's ours. And it doesn't matter what the men in that area do. It doesn't matter the decision that they make. If God gave it to us, it is ours. He's coming. He's going to Arkansas. He's going to the UK. He's going to Nigeria. He's going wherever he said he was going to go. And there's not a devil in hell that can stop him. There's not a devil in hell that can block him. You may be seated for just a moment. Sister Melanie. The Lord talked to me about you last night. I don't know. I could have ate something. <sighs> Praise the Lord. I believe that testimony that you had of your father being raised up by your hand. Listen, she don't have a license. She don't have a position. She's a part of a prayer team and all of that, but she's... She's 
she's a member of the congregation that God has spotlighted. You don't need a position. You don't need a title. Lord told me, the way you, ra you laid your hand on your father and he was revived spiritually, there are missionaries in Germany. There are preachers in Germany that if they will submit to this man, you are going to lay hands on them and you are going to revive them spiritually. And there is going to be a revival in Germany and throughout Europe at your hand. If you believe it, why don't you give the Lord some praise? What happened in the natural is going to be dwarfed by what happens in the spiritual. There's a revival coming. I'm almost done. Be seated for just a moment. But I feel a revival is coming. I believe that it's already here. I believe that it's happening right now. And we can't see it all, but it's taking place. He said the same thing to them. Don't take purses or scripts or anything of that nature. And in Luke, keep your finger in Luke chapter number 10, but in Luke chapter number 22, he's talking to his disciples about when he did this. This is in the future. Luke 22, I'm going to go through my notes I haven't looked at, verse 35, <clears throat> and he said unto them, when I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked ye anything? And they said nothing. If God sends us, if God sends you, Wherever he sends you, he's going to provide every single thing that you need. And there's nothing that you, Pastor Garza, have to worry about. There is nothing that we have to worry about. God is going to take care of every need that we have. Because he's God. Back to Luke 10, and I'm almost closing. It says, into whatever city ye enter, in verse 8, sorry. Into in whatever city ye enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God, the reign of God is come nigh unto you. It's come close to you. Saints, we got to stop looking at ourselves as nobodies because we don't have a title or position. But nothing, we, we're not doing anything of any official capacity. Bishop has highlighted Sister Maria Brown. She didn't need a position to do the will of God. You don't need a pulpit to do the will of God. 
You don't need a license to do the will of God. You don't need a degree to do the will of God. But when you walk into your work section, when you walk into the place where you're going to school, when you walk in the grocery store, you ought to be telling folk the kingdom of God has drawn nigh unto you. The reign of God has come close to you. You don't even know it, but the reign of God is in this room. And if God is reigning in this place, then sickness cannot reign in this place. Cancer cannot reign in this place. Depression cannot reign in this place. Everything we need is in the kingdom of God. Everything we desire is in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I came to tell you that if you need joy, it's in the kingdom of God. If you need peace, it's in the kingdom of God. Why do I have peace? Because Jesus is Lord. Why do I have joy? Because Jesus is Lord. His kingdom is on the inside of me, and I take it wherever I go. I don't leave it at home. I don't leave it at church. But everywhere I go, the kingdom is with me. And we've got to remember that, saints. Wherever I go, the kingdom of God is walking with me. Grace and peace is with me. The Bible says that it's following me. It's around me. There are signs that are coming with me. Wherever I go, the power of God is with me. We can't be afraid to preach the gospel of the kingdom. We can't be afraid to look people in the face and say, I know you've got a problem that no one else can solve, but I've got the solution. I don't have a company. I'm not a CEO. I don't have a doctor's decree. I don't have a lawyer decree, but I can tell you what I do have. He's... Peter and John were walking to the temple and the Bible says there was a lame man at the temple that had his hand out looking for some money and Peter looked at him and said silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk we better look at this city and start saying rise up and walk San Antonio, rise up and walk. Ethiopia, rise up and walk. Michigan, rise up and walk. Every backslidden child, rise up and walk. Oh, I feel him in this place. Oh, yeah, Messiah. If you want to be used by God, I want you to come to this altar. If you're submitted to this man of God, God is going to begin. And some of you, he already is. And some of you are wondering, why haven't he? Why hasn't God used me like that? He said, don't bring any luggage with you. Leave everything behind. 
think that's the problem with some of us. We keep trying to put stuff on. God, I'll go as long as I can take this. As long as I can have this. Don't separate me from that person, Lord. Don't separate me from that relationship. Don't tear me away from this job. Don't, don't cause me to give up this. I, I, there is nothing in this world that I am not willing to leave behind if God tells me to leave it behind and go. I'm not going to carry it. I'm not going to walk with it. I'm not going to try to salvage it. But anything that he wants me to get rid of, I'm willing. God, sanctify us and cleanse us so we can walk circumspectly. We want to be used. Anything you want me to leave behind, I'm willing. God, make us willing vessels. Oh, baya sandala basa. Oh, retel habasahi horo boshatai. Wherever you send me, I'm willing to go, God. Brother Jansen, you're not going to have to worry. When the time comes, he's going to provide every need. He's going to provide every need. Sister Solis, go ahead and let that go. Just as David asked, shall I pursue? I say unto you to go and pursue, and you will take all. You will have all. Nothing shall be lost, but you will gain it all. Somebody needs to receive that word.
Everything that belongs to us, we're taking it. At some point, I said I would do this. When the disciples came back from where Jesus had sent them, the Bible says they came back rejoicing because they said that the demons were subject to them. Jesus said, I've seen Satan fall like lightning from heaven means Satan has no power. And we know the story of Daniel. I'm not going to go there. But we know this. I think it's in Daniel chapter number 10 where the Bible says he was praying and fasting for an answer from the Lord. And the angel came to him and said, I'm sorry, I was held up a little bit. I was battling against the prince of Persia. And Today, we're going to do some battle against the Prince of Michigan. He's not going to hold up what God has for us. So for just a moment, let's go to war against the powers that are trying to hold back what God is doing in Michigan. Anything that may be holding it up, we rebuke it right now. In the name of Jesus, we have been given power to tread on scorpions. We have been given power to tread on demons. Right now. Michigan belongs to us. God, open up that region. God, remove any hindrance, whether it be spiritual hindrance or whether it be physical hindrance. Oh, yeah, Sadna Bakaye. We're going into the enemy's camp. We're going into the enemy's territory, and we're taking what is ours. We're taking what belongs to us. Michigan belongs to us. Every city and every town, every region, it belongs to us. There's going to be a revival. There's going to be an outpouring of God's spirit in Michigan.
And God hasn't forgotten Venezuela. That spirit of communism cannot do anything. Maduro can't do anything to stop what God's going to do in Venezuela. Oh, I feel like taking some territory. I feel like going into the enemy's camp. I feel like storming in. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Whoo. Whoo. There's some warring going on. He's still here. I don't feel the move. <laughs> 